Welcome to the show, people. Live out of Toronto. It's me. <laughs> You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show, heard every Saturday between 1 and 5 o'clock. Today on the show, Rick Warren, purpose-driven man that he is, joining us from, uh, I believe he's at Live 8 down in Philadelphia, home of Will Smith. And lots of more stuff to chat about as we do each and every week. You want me to go through the list real quick so you can decide what you want to do for the rest of the afternoon? Okay, you ready? Real fast. G8 Summit, Purpose Driven Church. You want to go to a big church or a small church? Got any good books or movies you want to recommend? I mean, it's a summer edition, you know? We're taking it easy here. Tattoos and piercings? Seen a lot of them. What about Jesus people? Should we have tattoos and piercings? I can already hear hearing some people pulling out the gyms, uh, the King James Bible already. The Jim Bible, as I, as I like to call it. Uh, we got someone's real gut life story. Young lady who uh, went through a bit of a suicide issue. And uh, a special uh, tribute to uh, Benny Hinn, Benny and the Jets. Uh, we're going to be talking about how much pastors should be paid. What do you think? A lots? Uh, a not a lots? <laughs> a lot of pastors get paid peanuts or way too much. So we'll be chatting uh, about that stuff. It's Canada Day. Uh, well, yesterday was Canada Day. So um, happy Canada Day, everybody. I think most Canadians just sort of say it like that. Happy Canada Day. You know, that's, that's as excited as we get people about Canada Day. Listen, uh, let's jump right into the show, shall we? Uh, feel free to check out our website, www.drewmarshall.ca. If you want someone to listen to the interview with Rick Warren, we will post that up on our website by Wednesday, usually, because i got to go to the cottage this week. So Wednesday, you can listen to the interview again with uh, with this gentleman, the one and only Mr. Rick Warren. Rick, happy Canada Day! You're so happy for us up here in Canada. I know I can feel it in your in your in your. Oh, love. you know I'm, I'm I'm oozing happiness for Happy Canada Day. And by the way, let me give you a little trivia for you and your uh, your viewers or your listeners. Uh, the Purpose Driven Life audio uh, and a video was taped in Toronto. Really. I taped it. I flew to Toronto because I knew you had the best equipment, and I taped it up there. Yeah, whatever. So, you knew we, you, could, you could do it cheaper up here. That's why you flew here. <laughs> I had to get my generic drug, too. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that stuff, man. <laughs> hey, uh, where are you right now, man? What's going on? Uh, I'm sitting backstage in uh, Live Aid, uh, one of the VIP tents, and they're singing and rocking on stage right now and taking a little break to come talk to you. Very cool. Who's on stage right now? Uh, I can't right now from from uh, the noise because I got a fan in my ear so I don't know who's who's listening next or who's speaking right now but I just did a TV I mean a radio and uh, uh, a press press conference uh, to all of the in the press tent and the and the person following me was Anna Nicole Smith all right <laughs> so, well you're in the so you're... That, was, that was a new experience I was just glad that I was Anna Nicole Smith's warm-up act yeah you're schmoozing man you're with the big wigs is there is there anybody you've seen there where your your jaws just dropped? You've gone, oh, that's cool, man. There there's so and so. Yeah, I saw my wife. Oh, 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 buddy, that is the best suck up comment I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that, that, that'll give me credit for a long time. Yeah. The bottom line is uh, we're talking about the intersection of truth and culture right here. We're talking about how uh, Jesus Christ can make a difference in the marketplace, and that's why I try to show up at places like this because uh, this is where I think Jesus would have shown up. So are you are you uh, stoked about this Live 8 uh, concert thing? Well, you know, I am in it because uh, it's, it's bringing a, uh, there's a whole lot of concerts that are, don't, are committed to a bunch of nothing. 
this is at least committed to, uh, you know, caring for the sick and assisting the poor and uh, educating the next generation, things that really matter. And uh, what's happened on Live Aid is we've got this broad coalition. I mean, you've got every kind of political spectrum here, religious spectrum. And I just thought, you know what? Christians ought to be here, too. And so uh, I got behind the one campaign and, and showed up here. I've cared about Africa. I've been to three different countries in Africa already this year, and I'll be in Rwanda in 10 days. And so when they say a concert for Africa, a concert for poverty, well, who's not in favor of that? Yeah, you're all over it. Do you, is there a jealousy thing that kind of rises up inside of you? Or in other words, you're thinking, oh, man, I wish the Christians could just get organized like this. Well, you know, it's interesting because the one campaign uh, actually sometimes is a half a campaign because we've only got one Christian group playing here at Live 8, which is Jars of Clay, and those guys are great guys. But there's a lot of other groups like BOD and Switchfoot and others that could have been here and uh, could have been uh, involved in, in this, too, that I think would have even drawn even more people. There's over a million people here right now. Wow, that is quite phenomenal, actually. Okay, so uh, in regards to what you're doing over in Africa, I, I've been reading a little bit about, uh, you know, Church in a Box. and, uh, and yeah, right, Global Peace Plan. We've been quietly testing behind the scenes uh, for about two years a thing called the Global Peace Plan, and uh, we're testing it in 47 countries. I've had about 4,500 of my members overseas. And uh, it, what it does, Drew, is, is I, I was in Africa a couple years ago, and I began to pray, you know, God, what gives you the most glory? And I think it's when we take on the biggest giants that God gets the most glory. When David takes on Goliath, people go, yay, God. And so I began to pray about what are the biggest problems in the world, problems that affect billions, not millions, but, but billions of people. And as I've traveled around the world uh, in many, many countries, I've trained leaders from 162 countries, I began to see over and over five problems coming up, one one, 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 over and over and over. What are those problems? And, well, the first one is uh, spiritual emptiness. Billions of people don't know that God has a purpose and plan for their life. They don't know they're not an accident. They don't know they were made to last forever, and that this life is preparation for the next. And they don't know Jesus died for them on the cross and can forgive their past. And uh, so it's spiritual emptiness is the number one problem in the world. Billions of people don't know the good news. The second biggest problem, Drew is a lot of people don't get this, is that um, it's egocentric leadership. And that is the cause of so many of the other problems. It's leadership that exists for itself instead of existing for the followers. You know, it's, it's not serving like Jesus. You know, Jesus said you lay down your life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And, and we could deliver all kinds of billions of dollars of aid to a lot of countries overseas, and it would never get there because of corrupt leadership. You know, there are little Saddams everywhere. And the, like the oil for food crisis showed that most of that money that was given for food never even made it to the poor. Wow. Because because of uh, egocentric and self-centered and, and even corrupt leadership. Then the other three major problems, the global giants, are poverty, which half the world lives on less than $2 a day, disease, and we've got rampant diseases that we know the cures for, but we don't know anything about it. We know the cure for malaria, yellow fever, and typhus and polio and all of these things. We know the cure for these things, but we don't uh, we don't have the leadership that will say, let's just eradicate these things. I mean, 3,000 kids die every day from a mosquito bite, you know, in Africa. That's crazy. And so um, the diseases, we solved these diseases. We found the cures in the 19th and 20th century, and it's the 21st century. And then the last one is uh, illiteracy, the fifth great giant 
uh, lack of education. Half the world's still functionally illiterate. Now, here's the key, and you'll get this, Drew, is that these problems are so big, I don't think any country can solve them. I don't even think the United Nations can solve them. The only thing big enough to solve them is the global church. Millions and millions and millions and millions of congregations around the world. I can take you to villages all around the world that don't have a school, don't have a clinic, don't have a uh, you know, a post office, but they got a church. And what if we were able to network those churches to take on the global giants? When it, when you say that, of course, the yeah. dream, the dream side of me is locked in. No worries. Let's that sounds great. But yeah. the the practical reality side of me says, are you kidding me? The churches can't even get together on what they do commonly believe. <laughs> let alone, well, here's the thing. you're never going to get them to agree on doctrine, and you're never going to get them to agree on style or or things. But you know what? You can get them to agree on the great commandment and great commission, which is the five purposes of God. And now that I've trained about four hundred thousand pastors. We've got a network that we are preparing to do the peace plan uh, beginning next year. We've been testing, as I said, for two years. And here's the peace plan. It stands for P-E-A-C-E. Plant churches, equip leaders, assist the poor, care for the sick, and educate the next generation. And uh, we actually have these kits, as you were talking about, church in a box, school in a box, clinic in a box. And uh, anybody who wants to get information on that can uh, write me. They can write Pastor Rick at saddleback.net and just say, I'm interested in the peace plan. And Pastor Rick, at, that's one word, at saddleback.net. And we'll get them involved and tell them all about the training. And, and it's, it's small group based. We send small groups all around the world. And uh, it's going to be a neat thing. All right. We're on the phone with Rick Warren, of course, who is uh, best known for the purpose-driven stuff. I mean, there's purpose-driven everything I've seen out <laughs> there these days. Uh, but uh, in regards to going out and serving, uh, serving the least of these, the poor or the oppressed. Yeah. Is it is it uh, the bait and switch stuff? We're gonna we're gonna help you eat and survive, and and then you got to hear about Jesus, or 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 is a lot of this gonna be? Let's just do the the hard work, and we'll see where the Jesus stuff fits in, where the preaching fits fits in, because I think the Jesus stuff is actually helping them with with their disease, their illness, their their poverty. Absolutely. You know, see, I believe poverty is a spiritual issue. In fact, if you know anything about poverty, it's not an issue of economics most of the time. It's an issue of Corruption that's kept people uh, in poverty. It's an issue of even tribal rules that have kept uh, all of the, hand, the land in the hands of a few. And uh, one of the things that we do, in, for instance, in the assisting the poor uh, part of peace, is we teach them small businesses. We teach them small business enterprise. And all these things, of course, are done in the name of Jesus. And we're not going to, uh, I'm not going to go in and just beat somebody and not tell them about the Lord because that's the most important need in their life is that they were made to know God. And for me to feed somebody and not tell them, you were made to know God, and tell them about the love of God, that's that's just half the story. But I think what we need to do is that for too long, the body of Christ has had its hands and its feet amputated. And we've just been a big mouth. <laughs> yeah. And most of the time, we're just known for what we're against. We It's all talk, what we're against. And my goal is to use the both the money and the leverage and the platform that this book, Purpose Driven Life, has given me. You know, it's now the best-selling book in the world for three years and the best-selling hardback in American history. Well, that has given me uh, a platform to say the purpose of influence is to speak up for those who don't have influence. And I intend to use the rest of my life 
uh, helping the poor and caring for the sick and educating the next generation, doing these things that, that Jesus did when he was here on earth, and he wants us to continue in his body. Well, Rick Warren is able to put his money where his mouth is, folks, because I've been reading here, and I'm sure you don't necessarily want to brag about this, so I'll do it for you. You decided to stop taking your $110,000 salary from Saddleback Church and even returned the sum you figured you'd been paid over the last 25 years, and you and your wife became reverse tithers, keeping 10% of your multi-million dollar income while donating 90% of the church and three social service foundations you established. Did I get that right? Well, that, that's true. That is correct. And we, you know what? It's so much fun. You know, every time I give, it breaks the grip of materialism in my life, Drew. Every time I give, my heart grows bigger. Every time I give, I become more like Jesus. And God just made it possible. I've always had the gift of giving, and now it's made it possible for me to, to literally give millions away. And it's been so much fun helping these people around the world. And uh, we use part of it to train pastors, and we use part of it in a, uh, in a foundation called Acts of Mercy, which helps those infected and affected by AIDS, which I believe if Jesus were here today, he'd be working with people infected by AIDS. Yeah. Because they are the lepers of our day today that nobody wants to talk about or touch or love. And then we have uh, another third of it goes to this global peace plan, which we are mobilizing literally uh, tens of thousands of churches. We're going to be starting this next year. Like I said, we've just been testing it behind the scenes. Uh, and many churches have done the 40 Days of Purpose campaign. We'll eventually be doing the 40 Days of Peace campaign in their church. And uh, we're excited about that. Well, it's very refreshing from my point of view to finally have a successful Jesus guy out there who's got the books or the, or the you know the the influence and the and the income to finally not be you know how the people always say we were going to be a conduit for God's money and God's money going to flow through us well the majority of conduits i come across seem to have a serious amount of blockages along the way well you know let me let me ask you a favor and let me ask all your listeners a favor and i mean this from the bottom of my heart i ask people to pray for me you know, pray for me, uh, because, uh, you know, the very first sentence of the book, Purpose Driven Life, says it all. It's four words. It's not about you. And this really isn't about me. It's about God. And it's about his kingdom and what he wants to do in the world. And if God has given me any, uh, any uh, influence for a period of time, well, pray that I will use it wisely and humbly and with integrity, and that I'll just not get in the way of God that we can all do our part. Uh, that's part of what the One Campaign's all about. I, I told the group today when I was up on stage, I said, you know, snowflakes are frail, but if enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, individually, I can't do a lot, and you can't do a lot, but, but together, when believers get together and are unified around purpose, they are unstoppable. Sure, sure. Rick, you have, uh, you know, risen to the top, and sometimes I know in Australia they have a thing called the tall poppy syndrome. Anybody that tall poppy syndrome, yeah, right. Yeah. And, I know that. I've been there many times. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, uh, because you're the Mister Purpose Driven Life guy, have uh, what have people taken shots at you about? What are what are your detractors not impressed with? You know what? I, you know what I found is that people tend to be down on what they're not up on, and the criticisms that I've read are people who just don't know me. Right. And don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, it's very easy to build a straw man. And, you know, what people often hear is, a, okay, here's a large church in a suburban Southern California. It's got to be just these typical mega church, and they're very self-centered and blah, blah, blah. And they just don't know uh, what we're doing around the world and how the whole goal is to bring people to Jesus and then help the poor and the sick and all the people Jesus cared about. So my feeling about 
about criticism is people criticize me often for the wrong thing. I could give them things that they could do a whole lot better to criticize. If you want to know what to criticize, just ask me, and I'll tell you the things to criticize. But I hate it when you criticize the wrong thing that's not true. I mean, there's a... There's some real legitimate stuff you can criticize before. Yeah, well said. The only thing I've really heard is the whole uh, the covenant signing thing. You know, that's not scriptural. You shouldn't make right, people right. do that. If they don't want to sign it, that means they're not in leadership. You're sort of pushing people out of church. You know, what's up yeah. with that? Well, my first, my, my, my answer to that is it is biblical. In fact, if you go to the book of Nehemiah, the entire nation signed covenants, a spiritual growth covenant. That's where I got the idea. It was from Nehemiah where the elders and the leaders signed the covenant, and then all the people did too and said, we're going to covenant to help each other grow. And the real reason for this is we need each other. We're better together. You cannot grow by yourself. We were, we were meant for each other. We were meant for community. We were meant for church. God wants us to be, you know, belongers, not just believers. And uh, it, it's not a law. It's simply a, a promise to help check up on each other that, I need your encouragement and support. God never meant for us to be Lone Ranger believers. Rick Warren, before we let you go, will you please uh, do me the honor of this? I had somebody else lined up for this, but I can think sure. of I can think of no better person to. And I don't do a whole lot of praying on the show. There's enough Jesus Radio uh, stuff out there that they sure. pray all the time. But I would you please lead our 150,000 listeners and myself in a, in a word of prayer, just in regards to this whole poverty, world poverty, Live 8, the G8 summit stuff. Right. I mean, it's obviously a passionate thing on your heart. So It, it is, and it would be a real honor. And, and, Drew, thanks for having me on. I mean, I, I'm going to come to Toronto next time. I'll stop by and say hi to you. I appreciate that. Let me pray for you. Lord, I do thank you for everybody who's listening to Drew's show right now. And I don't believe it's an accident. I believe that the people listening right now, that even a thousand years before they were born, you knew that they would be listening at this time because, first of all, you wanted to say that you love them and that they matter to you and that uh, you see the problems they're going through and you care about them and you're, you're going to help them. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody who's never said yes to Jesus Christ and never began that relationship and stepped across the line, that even right now while they're driving or listening or, or sitting by the... the uh, outside in the in the garage or outside in the in the backyard that right now or at work they would say a simple yes to you and to begin a relationship not not a religion but that they'd say yes to you and then lord we do pray about this issue of poverty and disease and the lack of education jesus you said that to whom much is given much is required and we believe that we take the bible seriously jesus you also said how can we say that we love God when we see somebody in need and we don't help them? And so, God, you have blessed Canada, and you've blessed the United States, you've blessed America, you've blessed North America in ways that most of the people would love to have our problems, most of the people in the world. And so help us, first of all, just to be grateful for what you've done for us, that we get to live in freedom, and we get to live in prosperity, we get to live with uh, so many wonderful benefits, and then help us to realize that we're blessed to be a blessing, that all of this is not meant just for us to be fat and happy and contented, but that we're blessed to be a blessing to others. Help us to care about those in Africa, particularly who are living in poverty and living with disease and living with all the difficulties that we don't even have to think about. And we pray that you'll use particularly the church, that you'll raise up 
believers in churches all around the world to care about uh, these issues and that we would be the whole body of Christ with our hands and feet attached and not just a mouth and that we would show love and be love and communicate love to the world that you died for. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks, man. I mean, uh, that's a that's a huge deal. I appreciate the time. I appreciate your heart. And uh, well, I appreciate you. Thank you, friend. So enjoy the rest of Live Eight. I can't believe you're there backstage. You lucky son of a gun. <laughs> what a chump. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. You know what? I'll get you an autograph for you. Thank you. What I pre- do you want? Name, name me the group. I'll get their autograph for you. <laughs> man, I don't. E- I don't even know. Oh, I got a friend in the studio who wants Will Smith's autograph. So Will Smith. Will Smith's here. This is his town. If you just opened up your shirt, unbuttoned a few buttons, and got him to sign your chest, you know that flowery Hawaiian shirt you've got on? I'd <laughs> yeah, appreciate right. that. All right. All right, man. Thanks, Rick. Talk to you later. All Bye-bye. the best.